This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Uh, she can't get down with Oscar Isaac with her dad there. Though. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing a Horrors podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey guys. And I'm your host Rob. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Great. Great. A little chilly out here. A little chilly? A little Ooh. chilly? Yeah, yeah. We're not in our typical gold room tonight. We're actually, because of the movie we're doing, Blair Witch Project, we decided to go to the outdoors. So we're actually in the in the shining hedge maze tonight. We're all we're all snuggled up in a tent. I think Greg's farting up a storm, but you know, that's okay, you know. <laughs> It's okay. guys, I'm not I'm not trapped in here with you guys. You're trapped in here with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told I told Greg not to eat that chorizo burrito, but he just couldn't stop himself, you know. That pantry is fully stocked. You guys know this. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's true. Yes. So so speaking of being in the maze, being cold, uh, what are we wearing tonight for this episode? What do you got going on, Laura? I'm dressed as Heather. I have my beanie on and I'm crying those big old tears. And just like snot galore coming out right now, you know? (laughs) That'll help the fart plug, though. You won't be able to smell it, so that's good. Yeah, I don't smell it, thank God. Oh, that's good. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, what what about you, Greg? What do you got going on? I'm dressed as Josh. He's the cameraman. So I've got my, you know, green shirt, beanie, a little shark tooth necklace, whatever the heck that's for. Uh, Oh, I've got my my camping backpack and also my little handheld camera. Film the events. Nice. Well, I'm nice. ready to go. I'm ready to document everything. Nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I sh- drew the short straw, of course. I'm Mike. I'm uh, I'm wearing a flannel, a beanie, and I'm I'm in the corner, pretty much, <laughs> facing the wrong direction. So I don't know what's happening behind me right now. But uh, but I'm also wearing one of our um one of our conjecture shirts. I'm wearing our two three seven shining shirt we have at the merch store. You know, right now, which is uh, pretty cool. We got a bunch of cool designs uh there. If you guys want to check them out, it's a uh, tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturing pod. And uh, all that will be in the notes of the show and everything like that I'll link there and everything. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so if you want to see these pics, though, you can check out Twitter and Instagram at conjecturing pod for both. You could see, you know, Greg and his camera and Laura's snot bubbles and me in the corner. So <laughs> be pretty cool there. But uh, but uh, I was going to say, oh, wait, do you guys do you guys hear something? Do you hear something right now? Oh, what is that? Oh, jeez. Oh, what is, what is that outside the tent? You guys hear that? Yeah. It, it sounds like something's outside, right? Yeah. Oh, crap. That's kind of weird. Greg, did you like, kick over some rocks when you were coming in? Did you? No, I was very careful not to touch any of the yeah the forest accoutrement. You just farted up a storm. That's yeah. it. You know? Maybe that was offensive <laughs> enough oh, for the no. forest. Oh, no. Maybe was... <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw a tree die when I walked past it. <laughs> it was blowing those twigs around. Oh, no. Oh, oh my interesting. God. Oh, no. Oh, that's weird, huh? I don't know. It's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of scary out here a little bit now. It's kind of dark and creepy. And I mean, it's just the three of us. I don't know who else it could be. Let's just listen real quick. And I thought I, I thought I heard something else right now. What is that? Oh, no. What is that? Oh, oh that no. Fucked. Oh, no. The tent, the tent's shaking, you guys. The tent's shaking. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. You guys, the tent, oh, the tent is no. shaking. Oh, my God. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of the tent. Oh, wait. What's happening? Oh, wait. Somebody's. Oh, my God. Who is that? Oh, my God. Somebody's unzipping the zipper right now. Oh, no. Uh oh. What is this? This is not the kind of movie. 
It's a tent zipper. <laughs> oh, okay. Come well, on. Get, you did not get, specify. Get together. Oh, it's it's Lloyd. It's Lloyd. He's bringing us our drinks tonight. Oh, oh hey, Lloyd. Lloyd. You oh, scared my us. Man, my Lloyd. man, Lloyd. Lloyd, you Thank scared you, us, Lloyd. Lloyd. Oh, my goodness. You scared oh us, Lloyd. Are, are there kids with you, Lloyd? What's happening? Why are there kids <laughs> laughing out there? Oh, yeah. It's just some twins. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so <laughs> what you just did is scarier than this entire movie we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay well there we go we got some drinks now we got some drinks uh let's see what we're drinking tonight let me get the drop going here what's in the cups okay that, that scared everybody off everybody's gone now they got scared from yeah. that uh that rendition okay um <laughs> so what are we what are we what are we drinking tonight laura what are we drinking tonight sorry i'm just excited that lloyd brought me a drink <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad the tent's open. I can waft out this smell. It's, it's gross. Oh here. my yeah, goodness. I know. We are drinking what we have termed the Blair Witch. And this one is a bit tougher to make. Um, and I think it's probably only worth it if you're a big whiskey fan. I'm having some trouble drinking this one, you guys. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. It's uh I don't know, and by Greg's face, I feel like he is too. You know, I have a suggestion double the amount of sugar that goes into it double mm. the sugar and, and use powdered sugar on my second drink i, I threw in some powdered sugar <laughs> it really sugar. it really improves it powdered sugar you're beating me this is incredible oh yeah i, I hit up lloyd before we jumped oh, so, oh yeah. shit you're you're grabbing that burrito and you grabbed a drink yeah that's true yeah yeah, yeah. nice <laughs> so as we said there's there's whiskey in this cocktail sugar orange bitters sherry and lastly astraga which is known as the witch's liqueur Ooh. and it's an herbal liqueur and it can be substituted with other types of herbal liqueurs like Sambuca or Chartreuse if you don't have it. But uh, also a fun fact is that Maryland was once a whiskey distilling powerhouse, you guys. So oh, this drink is really on brand. Nice. And if you're a whiskey drinker and mm -hmm. you're going to be watching this movie, I suggest it, but eh, not, not for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> By the way, I like how you said, if you don't have Strega, you know, it's okay. Just substitute it with chartreuse. That's if everybody's got that, too. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else. The only thing you need to remember is double the amount of sugar. Double the amount of sugar. Okay. Yes. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Well, well good good job, Laura. Good good choice. You know, somebody out there is going to like it, I think. You know, uh, maybe they're a witch or not. I don't know. Um, yeah, so let's get to some show news updates real fast. We just want to remind everybody, if you're listening, please rate, review our podcast, or have your platform you're listening to it on. Um, I don't think we got any uh, follow-up from previous shows or anything like that. Uh, we did last week, we did our mirroring episode. We had our guest on, uh, Grob Jane. That was a mind-blowing episode, I think. What do you yeah. guys, do you guys remember anything from that episode? Yeah, I continue to read the, to read the book, um, mm. like the middle of the week after we interviewed and it continues to to blow my mind. It's it's pretty awesome. And um, Gorov was a or, or Gorov was was a really great guest. And yeah, really good spirit and and really, uh, you know, a pleasure to have on the pod. Oh, oh definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. What about you, Laura? Do you have anything in particular you want to shout out from last week's episode? You know, it was just such a good. It was such a good time, you guys. I mean, he was a joy. The subject we were talking about, all three of us are very passionate about The Shining and just, you know, his work of art, which is his novel, The Mirroring. And also just to switch it up with our first Pick Your Poison. I mean, it was just, it was a good time. Yeah, I yeah. I, I'm kind of like Greg. I've been like reading the book and everything. But what I've been doing is we talked about on the pod of like reading the book and watching the movie at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I've been watching the movie through the mirror. So like I watch it through a mirror. So it's 
for oh burst and then I read the book. Um, so it's like double, double mirroring. So I, if next week I'm just gone, guys, I fell into some type of alternate dimension, I think. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the movie somehow or something like that. So, oh my God, you're like trapped in some painting on the wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'll be trapped in the gold room. That'd be sweet. You know, I'll just meet you guys there next week. You know, be okay. Um, yeah. So like we said, we're doing Blair Witch this week, 1999 movie. This is my movie pick. Um, I, I just picked this movie because I remember seeing it back in the day when I was younger and just how it blew my mind back then mm-hmm. of just how innovative it was at the time and how crazy it was and how fucked up and how real everybody thought it was. It really like took over the internet in, in 99 and everything like that. And I just remember that. So I just wanted to rewatch it and see if the movie itself like holds up now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really why I picked it. Uh, I was going to ask you guys saw it back then when it came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Nice. In the theater. Yeah. In the theater. Okay, great. That's perfect. I really want to talk when we get into the movie more about like your guys movie experience and stuff like that. Um, Because I always think it's fascinating with these type of movies that you think are real of like, what did you think watching it? You know what I mean? Um, So we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, first, let's do our horror segment of the week. So let me get the drop going here. All right. So we got a question this week. And this question was actually Laura had this idea for this question. Laura, do you want to run down what question we're doing? Yes. So what other two horror-ish characters or actors that have been in a horror movie are you bringing with you to share a tent with and look for the Blair Witch with? Hmm. Horror-ish? Rob, you should go first. Oh, I my goodness. Like I should go first? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Horror-ish characters or actors. Interesting. Hmm. It can wow. be an actor that's been in horror movies. Maybe you don't love their character, but you think them just, you know, as an actor, as a person. True, true. And they're, the, they're there to help you catch the Blair Witch. That's the purpose. <laughs> they're is just there. Is? You're just there, there spending time with them, you know, yeah. hmm. bunking up, having mm-hmm. some campfires and all that bullshit. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you guys are also looking for the Blair Witch. I mean, okay. I mean, for, for me, I would say my first thought that popped in my head and I would be Ash from Evil Dead. I oh would God. I would yeah. definitely take Ash from Evil Dead. He's going to keep us safe. He has a chainsaw yeah. for a hand. But I also think our humor, we go together pretty well. We can make jokes and be kind of cocky together and make comments about the witch and kind of like deface her and make her, you know, like cry maybe or something like that if we ever see her. Um, so I think that'd be cool. My other one would be, of course, HUD from Cloverfield. Uh, <laughs> he's great with a camera. He knows what he's doing. He Again, is. our humor is going to get along great. I think me, HUD, oh, nice. and Ash from Evil Dead, we'd have a great time. We can just fart up a storm in the tent nobody would care uh we can make jokes so i think that'd be my perfect uh group to go hunting for the blair witch for <laughs> oh i like the hud pig that's perfect that is perfect i feel like you guys are just gonna be laughing the whole time and you're gonna forget what you're doing <laughs> i know you're like why, why why are we up here <laughs> yeah that's true we're never gonna actually leave the tent we're just gonna make jokes and stuff like that. that's true yeah yeah maybe we'll do a second we'll do a, a secondary podcast over there yeah yeah <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> Uh, okay, Greg. Uh, what about you, Greg? What is your pick? We'll leave Laura for last. It's her question. Uh, what do you What do okay, you think? Okay, sure. So my number one pick is going to be La Llorona. What <laughs> the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> so by the way, I, I'm looking for I'm looking for bonus points because I'm only going to grab characters from movies that we reviewed. So La Llorona, the housekeeper played by Maria Mercedes. So first of all, <laughs> that one too. You're not even gra- you're not even grabbing like the real official La Llorona. You're grabbing no. the, the one that really didn't do a whole lot and just stared at people. That's debatable. I feel like she did quite a bit, but <laughs> she's anyway. Te- teach Greg how to hold his breath. <laughs> Here's the thing: when you're lost in the woods and you need potable water, she can produce water. 
right? So she's all mm. about just making water. So if you're about to dehydrate, she could just, you know, materialize water at a heartbeat and keep you alive, right? Secondly, as a revenge spirit who lost children of her own to a monstrous person, I feel like she would be instantly in revenge mode for the Blair mm. Witch. Wow. Um, so she would go after the Blair Witch with a fiery passion. Of course, you know, she's also not terrible on the eyes. So that's a bonus. Oh, no. Number oh, two pick. See, Laura, this is why I didn't want a woman of the ten. I'm not going down that trouble road. I'm not getting in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> I'm, not getting can- I'm not getting canceled on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Number two pick. Howard from Tusk. So that's the old man played by my what Michael Parks. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait a second. We we all have to say uh, within three minutes of Greg's experience, he is murdered instantly by one of these damn people. There's no way you're getting out of that, Greg. Listen to me. Okay, so first of all, just knowing his background, he would have the most amazing campfire stories to tell. You know, this way we're not stuck talking about stupid stuff. You know, the stars, the trees. We're talking about his past and his military experience and all the kind of cool you know adventures he was on not to mention if we don't end up finding anything in the forest i feel like he'll help me and my project and bs my way through the documentary i mean mm. we'll probably just wind up interviewing him for the whole thing and <laughs> i mean and also i just let's be honest he can survive any survival scenario mm. we learned that in, in in tusk so i feel like if he can find his way out of the middle of an ocean he can find his way out of a stupid forest so those wow. are my two, those are my two wow. picks. I don't know, Greg. Wow. You better you better you better check his pack, man. Make sure there's not a walrus suit in there. You better make <laughs> sure, Greg. I wouldn't be I'd be scared. <laughs> what what do you think about those picks, Laura? You're just shaking your head right now. Honestly, I can't process it. I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. My brain literally won't let me process this information. <laughs> Can we have a documentary, uh, a documentary crew documenting you making your documentary? Because I think that is actually <laughs> going to be the most fun experience of that. You know? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my god! That's so funny. Okay, okay, Laura, you got to follow that craziness. Uh, so, what about you, Laura? What what two characters are you picking? All right, I am going to pick the actor uh, mm. Oscar Isaac. Oh, okay. Oscar Isaac. Nice. Lucy. I like him. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, you probably know him from, you know, most recently Star Wars, Star but Wars. he's been in a Ex ton Machina. of movies. Ex uh, yes, Ex Machina yeah. is okay. what I'm thinking of. I'm Ooh. thinking of his character, Nathan. Oh. Um, hmm. He had his flaws, of course, but he was a genius, right? I mean, he came up with the robot and like mm-hmm. or the artificial intelligence and uh, yeah, I just feel like he's really smart. And I think he is not so bad on the eyes for sure. So cannot wait to. Wow. You guys, you guys turned this into some type of dirty mind <laughs> documentary or you're both talking about easy on the eyes of your characters. But at and, least I picked someone who was intelligent and like might mm-hmm. help me in a situation. Oh, well, I guess that's true. Okay. All right. But also, oh God. Yeah. He's really attractive. You guys. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Okay. No, nobody go. Nobody go to Laura's tent if it's rocking. Don't don't go. Yeah. If, the, if the tents are rocking, don't come a knocking. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go in there. And I, God, I had such a tough time with my number two pick, but you know what? I actually think I'm gonna pick McCready from the thing because I also think that he is just really smart. He takes mm-hmm. action, and I mean, if anyone is gonna survive any weird situation where you're out in the elements, it's McCready. That's true. Wow, that's actually interesting picks. Yeah, you know, I like those picks. Like I can pick, I can see that in my mind of your your crew you're making. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know about Greg's. So Greg is still. I'm still. I can't get that out of my mind. Greg's. I don't <laughs> Look, know how he's I, surviving. I had five other alternatives, and these are the two that made it to the top. <laughs> five. So. That's that's really funny. I had alternatives too. <laughs> 
Wow, you guys are interesting. You guys can have multiple documentaries going on at the same time. Me, me, and my I, crew—we just forgot what's happening. We're just making jokes up in the woods. After this, after this, I only hear you guys. Alternate, uh, alternative picks. Oh, I kind of want to tell you guys right now. I oh yeah, shoot it to us down. Okay, go for um, it. Um, one of my alternatives was the entire cast of A Quiet Place, both John Krasinski <laughs> and his wife Emily Blunt, because oh, um, okay. I think both of them are very easy on the eyes. Oh my so god, Laura, what is? Let's this? just. Like, <laughs> And I think Laura's I making like, a porno, not a documentary. And you know, Emily Blunt's character in A Quiet Place, she is a survivor, a fighter. Mm -hmm. And John Krasinski's character in A Quiet Place, like he would do anything, even mm. spoiler, sacrificing himself. Oh, oh, uh oh, uh huh. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe you might have to cut that out. Yeah. Uh, he he would do anything for the anything? people that he cares about. Okay. Oh, interesting. Wow. Cut out what I said first and then replace it with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, producer. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Okay, what about you, Greg? What are you? What are some of your alternates? What do you got? Oh, actually, <laughs> other other murderers, other murderers. Mine are just ridiculous. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is Dutch from the Predator. No. <laughs> I also had Bagul on my list. Oh my God, Greg, you're crazy. You're you're gonna be stuck in a tent with this person if they want to just murder you. They're gonna murder you. <laughs> well, if you know, if we're chartered to go catch the witch, you know, I feel like you know that's the mission you know they're under contract to do that anything else is just it's extra so you know wow. he's gonna summon his kids to fight the the child ghosts in this movie i feel like i feel <laughs> like greg is going down the kong versus godzilla route where it's like there's a giant kaiju we need another kaiju on our team to to be with us and fight it i feel like oh, that's trust Greg's me my last two picks are are the kaijus of this so one is Py pyramid head from silent hill I figured oh my we, God. We, we could use his helmet as a tent at night. Then <laughs> and during the day, he could put it back on and fight the witch. Um, and then my last pick, you guys have to give me credit for the Babadook. The Babadook okay. would just straight up channel the grief from all no. the, the Blair Witch family, victims' no. families, and just this is crazy. Terrorize Listen, what's the Blair happening Witch. is, is happening? Greg is a serial killer. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and so he's picking other serial killer villain <laughs> type fight fire with fire. That's true. You know? Yeah, you guys yeah, are all yeah. buddies. You all yeah, have something in common. True. He's just making a killer a killer crew. Yeah, of all the serial killers he can hang out with and talk about writing and blood and I mean, that's how it's done. notebooks. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Lloyd. Lloyd just brought me another beer because he could tell I needed it. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants to email us in their picks, and hopefully they wouldn't be like creatures that are going to probably murder them in five seconds, like Greg, uh, you can email us at conjecturingpod at gmail or hit us up Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. Or you can also leave us a voicemail. I almost forgot on our website, podpage.com slash conjecturingpod. So that'll be I'll pretty do cool. That. Don't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's just, it's just weird. It's weird. Can't be as worse as Greg. See, that can't be as worse. Okay, Greg's but Greg. what happens when someone decides to fuck with us and they literally leave us a voicemail like "baba"? Oh. Didn't play it on air. Yeah, yeah, nice thing. Yeah. Well, can you be in charge of the voicemails now? We're always gonna wonder: was that real? Oh, that's yeah, are true. Are we being okay. haunted? Well, I already Probably think haunted. that with with Rob's phone call from the Mothman prophecies, I think about that like once a month. Was that real? Once a month. So this would not be new. <laughs> Or That's what true. happened to me? I mean, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Oh, my yeah. gosh. What happened to you? I don't too? know, you guys. I think we've made friends with whatever's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. They Wait. like our content. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, Greg will pick it next time to have a documentary crew with him anyway. So that'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's let's get to the movie now. Uh, it's time to wander the wilderness. Let's wander the wilderness and get oh, to our no. movie this week. Uh, so like we said, we're doing the Blair Witch Project, 1995, 1999 film. 
uh, co-writers, directors. You got Eduardo Sanchez and you got Daniel Myrick. Myrick. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that one. Uh, you have a budget of this movie, three hundred thousand dollars, which I think is that's like after the fact, Laura. That's like built on like advertising and stuff, and it's almost like their budget was higher than what they actually spent. That's almost how I took it. Yeah, because the way you, you know, yeah, the way researching I took it was like the movie itself to make and take it to. I think it was uh, whatever studio, whatever um, whatever it was Southwest or whatever they they took it to 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 play it at the festival was like it was only like thirty thousand dollars. Oh, make. Sundance, Sundance. <laughs> <laughs> Sundance, yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a Sundance festival? No, there's a Sundance. Come on, you know. You said Southwest, oh, Southwest? like oh, Southwest. No, you're thinking you were about to say South by Southwest, which is a festival, but it's not for movies. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's it's around there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I believe what I read was after the fact, after it was bought by the studio they put all that other money into creating all the marketing for it. And I think that's what they're including in the overall budget is all that stuff. But still you have a box office of $248 million. So, Jeez. I mean, that's just crazy from like that nothing crazy. to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Laura, do you want to do some interesting facts? Yes. I have quite a few actually on this one. Okay. This one is a mouthful. So bear, bear with me here. Okay. The Blair Witch Project is thought to be the first widely released film marketed primarily by the internet featuring fake police reports, as well as newsreel style interviews and questions about the missing students, quote unquote, missing. Yeah. During screenings, the filmmakers made advertising efforts to publicize the events in the film as factual, including the distribution of flyers at festivals such as Sundance. Southwest. Asking Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> viewers to fly the friendly skies now yeah, yeah. asking viewers to come forward with any information about the missing students the imdb page also listed these actors as missing presumed oh. dead in the first year of the film's availability and on top of all of this heather donahue that, that's heather her mother received sympathy cards from people who believed that her daughter was actually dead or missing yeah this so is, they really yeah i don't remember that really aspect of it real. this was just yeah. so crazy i mean this is literally what we talked about for like cloverfield and unfriended right. how they created unfriended. all these like like all these yeah. facebook profiles and this and that and myspace profiles like really making you believe like this is a real event that happened mm -hmm. um and, you know and like i said 99 this is one of the first films to really do this like i said making missing persons reports and stuff like that and it's just crazy to think and, and i even read somewhere that their website they had back then it got like over like 16 160 million hits within like the first like three months of it being online which is crazy you guys think they could do this they could do that concept today i don't think you could um and and well, sell it to people as real well they could but i think the backlash <laughs> would mm. be would be intense because well, no, people are just so good at fact checking these days um it would be debunked in you know within the day yeah, I feel maybe like. yeah i mean i mean cloverfield and we another movie we reviewed paranormal activity were the two that kind of did it you know uh, that's not mm -hmm. super recent but those are two that you believed at the time of like whoa like this is fucking crazy you know this is a real yeah. event that happened but this seems to be one of the first that actually did it and really spawned all these other ones to really take take hold of what it's doing you know mm -hmm. you have any other facts laura i do uh so one thing that i kept reading over and over again was just how and we've talked about this with other movies, but the the directors, they definitely made these actors really scared. I mean, they they did tricks here and there to get an authentic 
scare from them. Mm. And one scene in particular where the main characters are sleeping in a tent at night, the tent suddenly starts shaking violently. Just like us. Oh, it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, and no, they all Lord. got scared. <laughs> Laura, <laughs> stop it, Laura. Like that? <laughs> What's wrong with you, Laura? Oh, I thought you meant. Oh, I no. thought you meant our answers to the question. We don't have. We don't have Oscar Wilde in here. Whatever. Take it back. Delete it. Okay. Um. So this was totally unscripted. It was actually the director, one of the directors, shaking the tent, mm. and the actors were actually scared. Getting like genuine reactions. Yes. So messed up, mm -hmm. but also very smart. Yeah. 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 Wow. You got to be really creative smart. when you're like have like a thirty thousand dollar budget and you're trying to get like genuine reactions out of people. Yeah. That's super cool. Totally. That's super cool. Yeah. 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 And the last fact I have here is just that this film was in the Guinness Book of World Records for top budget box office ratio. For a mainstream feature film, uh, the film cost around sixty thousand, as Rob said, to make, mm. and made back that two hundred forty-eight million. That is a ratio of one dollar spent for every ten thousand nine hundred thirty-one dollars made. Wow, that's like a, that's like a whole Bitcoin right now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, Laura, you want to do cast? Yeah, cast. I mean, it's basically just the three people in the tent. It's uh, Heather Donahue as herself, uh, Michael C. Williams as himself, and Joshua Leonard as himself. Mm -hmm. They go by like Mike and Josh, though. It's not like, right? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Heather, okay, Mike, right. and Josh. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, all right, Laura, you want to do synopsis? All right, let's just keep it rolling here. Uh, okay, Blair Witch Project. It is a found footage film about three sort of friends, I feel like. I don't know. They, mm, it's kind of like acquaintances almost. I don't I know. I always took it as just like this was like jobs. Like the, dire the director, Heather, really? like would like hired them to be like, you work the camera, like come and make this documentary. And then it seems to me like Josh brought in Mike, like they kind of knew each other. That's yeah, the way Heather I saw and Josh it. know each other. Yeah. And then Josh knew Mike. No, no, I don't think anybody knew Mike. No one knew Mike. That This oh. is something I totally forgot, you know, watching this again. Interesting. Was that they, you know, when they met Mike, they were like, oh, it's nice to meet you. He, mm. he was like the hired hand to do the Mike, <laughs> funny name, the Mike job. Um <laughs> So that was something I didn't remember because I thought they mm. were friends the whole time. But I think it's just Heather and Josh. Hmm, interesting. Classmates, right. probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, we got Heather, Mike, and Josh. They want to make a documentary about the myth of the Blair Witch from Maryland. Um, you know, they begin this film. They interview some of the townspeople. And then they head off into the woods and camp to see what they can find. And, of course, they get super lost along the way. And by the end of the film, we end up with some very scared characters who, unfortunately, don't return. Mm -hmm. True, true, true. Yeah, let's uh, actually before we actually start, I just wanted to ask you guys real fast, you know, like, um, are you guys camping people? Do you go camping? Do you enjoy mm. camping? What, what do you what do you think? I know, Laura, you're like a lake person, right? You like lakes, right? Yeah, like, but I want to stay in a house at the lake. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not just like chilling on the water. <laughs> I okay, I actually have a really sad stories about camping. I love the idea of camping a lot, but I have had some very unfortunate things happen to me while I've been camping. Mm. And it's been so many mm. times now that I told myself like, like you just can't things? camp. Um, or I mean, you're, are you just talking about inconveniences like, oh, I forgot the salt? Well, okay. Um, so two of my Yosemite trips I went on, uh, one, a bear like came to our campsite and trashed all our shit and rubbed up against our tent and almost came in our tent and ate us. Whoa, that's pretty um, crazy. 
also Yosemite, um, I was like really young and all of a sudden my dad is like, everyone get into the car, get into the car. And it's because Yosemite is actually by a lesser known jail and uh, an inmate actually broke out and was coming through the campsite at night and he came right through our campsite. He actually picked up our lantern and crashed, broke it on the ground. Oh my goodness. He was crazy. He, he ended up going into the water. Uh, Jason, Jason Voorhees. Dude, I was so scared. I remember, I remember I was like six and thinking when I was getting in the car, like, Oh, I'm going to die. I'm six and I'm going to die. Like I'm going to live a really short life. Yeah. It was really traumatizing. And this, and you guys, I mean, nothing was ever as bad as that, but (laughs) I I definitely (laughs) like, I, okay. I, I got really bad food poisoning camping once. Um, Mm. you know, we had our tent blow away once we had uh, (laughs) rain when I was at sleepaway camp and it ended up flooding and they forgot about us. And I was up to my chest in water thinking Holy I'm going to die out here. Oh my um, goodness, I've, had a, I've had cockroaches at, uh, attack us in insane quantity. Um, oh, we went to Yosemite and had mouse droppings all over our cabin when the Hantavirus, we found out when we mm. got home that the Hantavirus had been like out and about in Yosemite. So yeah, I unfortunately don't like camping anymore <laughs> because I just feel like I have some type of juju you can cut on all it. this but yeah. yeah that's these are all true stories no that's fucking Jeez. crazy oh my goodness yeah. wow like the worst thing that happened to me was like my dad would make us eat too much corned beef hash and like <laughs> you know it would just be like destroying all our stomachs but uh what about you uh, greg when i hear all of that stuff that you just said laura you know it, it does sound bad however the way that my i grew up camping so i was in the cub scouts the boy scouts i look at all those things as lessons learned and you know the motto when you're camping is is to be prepared so the more you learn the more you realize like to rectify you know if you didn't bring something you bring it next time if you're not prepared for something you are prepared for next time so those are all like fun i guess fun lessons in the sense that you like the whole purpose is to get more efficient and and better at it so that when you go you're more prepared i mean nowadays you know in our age you know in our mid-30s you're if you're going to do any camping it's usually going to be glamping which is like glamour camping <laughs> oh i'll do that and no you problem. have all your amenities you know at your disposal so we're we're more along the lines of that but i still love camping at you know at my heart at my core just being out there and, and enjoying the elements well but based on that based on that uh you know idea greg of like you know learning from what happened for next time uh, what what are you learning from a serial killer coming through your camp and breaking something and almost coming in your tent? Well, next time, Greg, what are you preparing for? Well, first of all, you always have to come armed, right? <laughs> I always carry some type of like blade on me so that you, know, oh you never my know. God, Greg! And you have to protect your loved ones, so you know <laughs> that that doesn't deter me. Um, and you have to. It's like you, you know, Laura. You said that your your dad told you guys to get in the car. That's pretty sufficient. You do what you have to do. Wow. It was so traumatizing. My mom like busted her leg open trying to run into the car as fast as she could. Uh, my sister, who was a teenager, was being like sassy about it. She didn't know what was <laughs> happening. And then my dad like stood outside the car, and I remember thinking like, "Is my dad like gonna be okay?" Mm. It was. It was. <laughs> Your dad wasn't packing like Greg with his machete or something like that. His samurai. Sword. Honestly, my dad's a really big, scary looking guy. So mm-hmm. like. He's never afraid of this shit. I feel like he's oh, like, wow. what? What are you gonna do? Oh yeah. Dang, well, they needed they needed him in the Blair Witch movie. Then <laughs> they should have been there. <laughs> like a, he like is a bear. Wow, that's fucking crazy. That's crazy, man. <laughs> I, I I totally get it. Then Laura, I understand why you're not camping. Shit, that's crazy. You should replace yeah. McCready with your dad in your your initial scenario. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, she can't get down with Oscar Isaac with her dad there, though. Come on. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, nobody. Never mind. I take that back. That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get into the movie. Let's get into the movie now. Let's get into the movie. Not Let's, let's not uh, go. Let's not traumatize Laura on more of her memories. Uh, okay. Uh, so let's just start with the opening of this movie, the setup, the vibe, kind of setting up what's going on, the documentary, what they're doing, interviewing people, meeting a bit. Uh, Greg, what did you think of like the opening of this movie? I thought it was great. Like I said, I forgot a lot about this movie. The first 15 minutes is just them filming around the town, which I, I totally forgot about. They're not even in the woods. It's it's a nice setup. Um, you know, they, they talk to the townsfolk. They You see them packing. You see them going to the store, getting items and um, just talking back and forth. And I feel like without this part of the movie, you're almost at a loss for why three young people would just hike into what is seemingly the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, I remember being at this age that it seemed like they were in their maybe early 20s or whatever um doing school projects and aside from maybe a part-time job or homework there really isn't anything that's stopping you from embarking on these short little crazy adventures of the weekend especially in the name of a school project i mean we used to do all kinds of things so it was cool to see them uh prep to investigate the blair witch get ready for the camping getting their uh you know camera recording equipment all set up getting groceries and supplies, interviewing the townsfolk. I thought it was really cool. It's a great setup. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Laura? What do you think, like, the opening setup vibe, all that? Yeah, I, I agree. I like the opening and the setup. Um, obviously, I think we all love the found footage aspect of filming, right? I mean, I, we've said that before. I yeah. really, really like it a lot. And, Rob, I think you already mentioned this, but this was this was legit the first time this was done. Like, really, really done. So I, I think there's something special to add to that. And yeah, I, I like the setup. I liked how they were interviewing people as well. I mean, we, we got bits and pieces of um, people's stories of the Blair Witch. So I guess to recap, the story that seems to be the most accurate is that there was a woman who would prick the fingers of little kids and hmm. cause them to bleed. And then she was banished to the woods. Did they say that in the movie? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that one. I remember the one about, is that the one that crazy lady was talking about? Or is this yeah. somebody else? Oh, her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she got banished to the woods and now she's in the woods. And from everyone else's stories, it sounds like, you know, she's dressed all in white. Her feet never touched the ground. Um, and she, she's mostly out for children. Like a, a ton of kids went missing that yeah. first year that she was banished. But it also seems that kids are not, even adults, if you go out into the woods and you're either like mm -hmm. near her on her territory looking for her, you're also fucked. So yeah. Uh, just, yeah, really, really cool myth. Um, I, I also thought that that was like a true Maryland myth. Uh, so to find out that it was just another thing that was all made up by these directors, I thought mm -hmm. was really cool. Can I just add one thing to what you were saying, Laura? Is like when they were interviewing the locals, I, I really liked that whole, you know, that whole sequence of them filming different stories of the locals. I thought was really cool. It just it felt very effective the way mm -hmm. that these different people had different types and ways of retelling their stories and they were like splicing it together right they had different anecdotes of yeah. different lengths different moods and varying levels of credibility right there was like that middle-aged guy there was the woman holding the crying baby and then the old man whose story seemed to be the most legit and the longest talking about that old guy who like a serial killer or something like a that serial right? killer. and 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 the way they splice that together made it seem realistic i mean they weren't all on the same track they weren't all on the same age they weren't 
and they had varying levels of you know how, how believable the stories were and i just i really liked that little sequence there yeah because i think yeah. the two i really took away from was the old man telling the story about the serial killer guy that you know like seven kids went up there and seven of them they found seven bodies in the home later on and this and that so i took i took that one more as factual uh rather than like the witch ones itself so i was taking that one mm -hmm. and then i thought it was funny though with that lady carrying the kid and she's trying to tell the story and the kid's like cover trying to cover her mouth like don't yeah. say it don't say the spooky yeah. story like the, i thought that was pretty but i don't know if that's that was really cute i don't i i don't know if that was like i mean i know that's an actor of course the the mom and maybe it probably is her actual child but I'll, i wonder if like the directors were like telling the kids to do that or if that <laughs> kid's just doing that because i thought that was actually super cool in that yeah. scene of the kid being like don't so don't tell the story don't tell the story i, I thought that was the super kid was funny. just doing it and honestly like as a parent i feel like the kid was just doing it to be a dick like i don't mm. want you to talk right now <laughs> yeah. i don't think it had anything to do with what she was actually saying yeah but it Maybe came off agree. so well like, kids, yeah yeah mm -hmm. told, I, i'm sure the director was like oh my god like, this, this is gold so cool. oh my god yeah. yeah yeah that's so funny yeah i mean beyond that the one thing you guys haven't really talked about yet too is just like the opening of course crawl whatever you want to call it the opening statement mm. of every found footage oh. movie of being like you know this is the date this happened you know this is kind of mm -hmm. what happened you know these three students went to make a documentary film this is their footage that was found you know and just that right away we've talked about this in paranormal we talked about it in cloverfield right when you get some type of like documentation uh, of something saying this is real like you automatically get on edge more you mm -hmm. know um i even like the way that right when you start the movie you have the opening like production studios and their images are are vibrating like shaking themselves i thought was actually a really cool touch you know mm -hmm. and it kind of you know carried through with the whole movie of like a shaky camera um but i really liked the opening too i thought it was a really good opening of setting everything up and this and that um you know until they actually get to like the woods and stuff like that but uh yeah let's talk a little bit more about the directing the found footage-ness of this laura touched on it a little mm. bit we said this is one of the first films to kind of do this um some people of course say like every found footage movie that just it's too too shaky and it's nauseating yeah. I didn't think this was that bad compared to Cloverfield. I thought was worse. Oh, I think this is worse. Really? Actually. I was really? going to ask you guys, what did you yeah. guys think of the shaky cam itself? Uh, Laura, do you want to go first then? I just remember in theaters, it was really bad. I, mm. I thought this was bad, but it might be because it was the first found footage I'd ever, you know, style film I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And then now I've seen them. And most of the time I see it on my own screen at home. So it's not as bad. Um, watching this again a few days ago, it wasn't bad at all, yeah. but I just remember that feeling. But I, I think it probably was because I wasn't used to it. I'd never really seen anything like that. Hmm. Interesting. What about you, Greg? How did you feel about it, either in theaters or just watching it the other day? Neither. I don't remember Neither? that. That that was never a memory for me that it was bad. And watching again, I never thought it was bad. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I honestly can't really remember that well, like seeing in theaters. I don't remember, of course, having any type of feeling either way about like, oh my goodness, I couldn't like stand it or anything like that. I've never been a motion sickness person. So I really am. Yeah. So maybe that doesn't bother me at all. Um, but, uh, but I thought it was really effective in this movie of like the found footage ness, you know, the directing style of, yeah. of them and, and everything. It, it definitely felt super real. You know, I haven't really. I, did you read anything, Laura, about did any of these actors actually do a big part of the filming or it was just seemed that way? From what I read, I think one of them, I forget, I think it was, it was Josh, Josh, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was actually a film student. So very okay. similar to Paranormal. Mm -hmm. 
Micah. Yeah. He was a film student when they hired him to do the job. So I think they did take his footage, but I don't know how much it made in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is really effective, you know, shakiness or not, you know, it, it, adds to the the realness it makes you feel in mm -hmm. scenes especially when it's almost like a fuck up of like a camera like zooming into the ground or something's out of focus yeah. you know what i mean like in a normal production of a movie like that's not supposed to be there but in this type of movie it just adds to the the realness you feel while watching it so i think it's super effective for what it's trying to convey you know mm -hmm. yeah i remember walking out of this movie when we first watched it and thinking it was real and, you know, mm. of course, you know, watching the film, it's ambiguous as to what actually happens to the students. So when you at the time when you left the theater, you actually walked out thinking, hey, maybe this was real. Maybe they're just showing us evidence of something that might have happened. I mean, if you saw three students go into the forest and they were just hacked to death, that wouldn't be a movie, clearly. But the, the ambiguity of it made it feel plausible. You know, and on top of that, I mean, can the three of us agree that the actors' performances are pretty on point? I mean, so much that if the film was real, I don't know that a lot of people would be able to tell the difference. That's true. That's true. What, what do you think, Laura? Let's get into a little bit of like your experience watching it for the first time, Laura, in the theater. And, you know, I know you, I think you said in a paranormal, Laura, right? That you like not freaked out after watching it, but you had to research like, was this real? Cause you were so like nervous about it, you know? Blair Witch, it's, it's a funny story. I mean, it came out in 1999, you guys, I was like a freshman in high school. <laughs> so, uh, oh, maybe I was a sophomore actually. Anyway, you know, I was still pretty young. I remember we went to the theater, me and a friend to see one thing and then we snuck into Blair Witch. <laughs> I don't think it's even because they wouldn't let us because we didn't have a theater that was strict about the R mm. rating. But I think it was just that we like didn't want our parents to know we were seeing Blair Witch. We were like, oh, we're going to go see this and then just decided to go see that instead. Um, yeah, I remember at the time being it, it's a weird feeling you almost can't describe. Like, I've never seen anything like this before, yes. uh -huh. which is huge. However, I this movie did not have a lasting effect on me. So hmm. even though I remember that feeling, I quickly forgot about it. And so my biggest thing with this rewatch was does this stand up in 2021? Interesting. And I don't know if this is your question, if we should get there yet. But <laughs> I'm just saying that my theater experience, I, I do remember being a little motion sickness, a little scared and being like, Oh, wow. I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. So it, it was mostly positive. Yeah, we, we can get into that later when we have to do some Rotten Tomatoes scores because they're they're mind blowing a bit. And it's actually super, super relevant what you're talking about there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, OK, uh, let's just get into characters acting then. Greg, do you want to start? You really you already spotted out their acting a bit in this movie. Yeah, it's all about. So if you're from from their perspective, you have to imagine it's all about believability. You have to sell this on this is believable found footage film. So to me, I thought they succeeded. There's a lot of these small humanizing moments, you know, and it's not just all being horrified by something, you know, <clears throat> when they're first filming at that cemetery and they see those piles of rocks and they accidentally knock one of the piles over and Heather puts one of the rocks back on top and she kind of kisses the pile and she's like, <laughs> can't be too careful. There's so many of these like little moments that make them normal people when they're sitting by the fire and they're talking about Gilligan's Island or whatever. If they had beer on the island, there'd be these massive orgies or like being a person that, that does camp and does 
disconnect from the real world and just kicks back and shoots the shit with your friends. That definitely sounded like the type of random conversations that you would have with people. And there's so many of these moments where, you know, there was that time where Mike and Heather were, you know, they had lost Josh at some point and they were randomly choosing which way to go. And Mike was like, he was just, this is, makes no sense, but he goes, you know, who was worse, the Wicked Witch of the West or the East? And she goes, West was the bad one. And he's like, let's go East. I mean, it's <laughs> at that point, they've like sort of lost their minds. And there's so many, yeah. there's so many moments like that where you, when you catch it on camera, you feel like it, you get out of it being a film production and more of just, it's like found footage where her hair gets caught in her backpack or when she's washing the blood off her, of her hands because, and she's freaking out putting her gloves on or Mike just casually chewing on a dead leaf. There's a lot of these <laughs> moments that make them feel like human. <laughs> And it really sold me. That's definitely me. I'm chewing on a dead leaf. You're just like, you've lost it. And yeah. you're like, I'm dead on the inside. There's nutrients there somewhere. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, what about you, Laura? What did you think of the characters acting in this movie? I thought it was mostly good. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I My notes kept changing while I was watching this movie. I thought Heather was super extra for the most part. Um, but I'm extra, so I guess who am I to talk? Uh, I feel like her and I probably just wouldn't get along because we'd both be like, this is my documentary. No, this is mine, you know. Um, but then I also know that these are improv actors from the research I've done. And a lot of these scenes are improv and all those scenes at the end, like her with the camera up to her face, crying with the snot saying we're so naive and I'm so sorry to the moms. That was all improv. Wow. And knowing that, I'm just so impressed that I feel like it doesn't matter what I wrote down in my notes because just like, you know, I'm bowing down to you. Like, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. So I, I thought that was just really impressive. But when I'm watching it, do I love them? No. Do I care about them? Not really. They don't really hmm. have any qualities that make you care about them. They're just, yeah. I mean, I know. that's one of the biggest negatives for this movie people talk about. It's just like, a lot of people that don't like this movie really shout out or just like all they do is scream at each other for half this movie <laughs> and just being like, that's annoying. You know, people are annoyed yeah. by them. So it's not really, you know, it's hard to like somebody that's just screaming at each other. You know, there's laughs here and there a bit, but it's not really them. So, but I'm like you, Laura, like, yeah, I read too that a lot of this was just improvised. It was mm -hmm. very like, whatever you want to call it, unfriended. Same thing. They yeah. did a lot of the just like, just chat with each other. Here's the structure of what we're trying to get done in the scene. Um, I know in Unfriended, we talked about that when things got real and they really had to, you could tell beyond a script that I thought their acting lacked a little bit. You know, I thought, you know, this was actually pretty straightforward all along in this movie, at least, you know, I think maybe it's way more improvised than anything else. I thought mm -hmm. for sure that crying scene was fully scripted. I thought that was the one scene they would have scripted. So I'm, I'm actually so. yeah. super surprised yeah. to hear that that wasn't. And then kudos to her because um, that was actually a really, exactly. really good scene. So I yeah. thought their acting was pretty good, but it's, it's crazy to think like you're saying their acting is good, but they're not really acting. They're improvising, they're joking around and this and that, you know, so it's kind of weird. And that's one thing too, I, I read that, that uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Heather? Mm -hmm. her name? She like didn't get a lot of gigs after this. And she like shouted at a lot of stuff of just like, yeah, people really not typecasted her, but just never gave her a chance because of that. Because people right. were like, well, you weren't really acting. You were just kind of like joking around and improvising. It's not the same thing. So yeah. it's actually interesting. She really, it really halted her career. It seemed like from what she said. 
um, which is kind of crazy. You That's know, too bad. Yeah. Hey, can, exactly. I, can I call out? Can I call out one acting job that I was one of my favorites though? It had nothing to do with these three. Oh, it was the two fishermen in the beginning of this <laughs> movie when they're interviewing the town folk and they're. You've got these two guys fishing in the creek at the edge of the forest. Like we literally spent about a minute with these two guys. Yeah. But even mm-hmm. in that time, that interaction, that interaction to me felt so real. I love their dynamic. You've got that younger guy who's willing to talk about the story of the Blair Witch, but he was also kind of skeptical. But then you had maybe his dad or whatever. Yeah, he's this old sure guy. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Who he was he was trying to pretend that he wasn't listening or you know he didn't want to talk about the Blair Witch. But then as they were doing the interview. You, he would just start chiming in and correcting yeah. the younger guy mm-hmm. and swearing he's seeing things in the forest while he's fishing and these two guys were sort of hilarious and they, it felt so natural i i, yeah. I really love that like 60 second bit with these yeah. two guys yeah that, that was a super funny scene those two guys together where the one guy's just like like all oh, bullshit shut up over there let me to me, me talk and this and that yeah they might have been just two guys they found on the riverbed that they were like hey <laughs> just tell us stories about maybe something you saw you know oh man so good <laughs> that's so fun that's so funny yeah let's let's get into like a little bit more of the story now a bit you know because that's the one thing about this movie is you really have half this movie of them yelling at each other about being lost during the day and then at night is when stuff is kind of getting crazy you know what i mean some of the day stuff sets up the night stuff but it's very paranormal-ish you know where you're just waiting for the night scenes to happen because that's when shit's going to go down yeah um so let's get into like the horrorish elements the scares kind of like that part of it if one of you guys want to set up kind of where we're at a bit maybe you know a little third into this movie when stuff kind of starts going down what do you think laura uh, one thing that keeps happening that I did think was really cool was the rock piles. I think that that is scary. That's it, like the first it's thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's effective. It's something so simple, but it's like rock piles are appearing, and it's like there's one for each of them. That's just like a creepy concept. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was really cool. But I'm I'm sorry, you guys. Everything else that you just said, like I probably fall into the audience of whoever's giving it these not great reviews i was fucking bored really i (laughs) i was so like all the daytime scenes are the same thing over and over again and they don't do it two or three times they do it like eight times It's like seven eight times yeah yeah Yeah, it's like okay you're this is uh, today's what's on the agenda today you're lost again cool that's it that's the only thing it's like and I, I've mentioned this before, but it was another movie where I, without thinking, picked up my phone mm. and I started scrolling my phone and realizing, oh, my God, I'm watching a movie. <laughs> I was that taken out like this is boring. And at night, things happened, but it wasn't enough. It mm. wasn't enough for me. I like, OK, yeah, their tent is shaking. Yeah, there's this, there's that. They hear noises. But I was so bored during the day. I'm like, let's get to it. And then I started to remember, because I'd seen this before, what the ending is. And I'm like, I'm never going to get to it. This movie <laughs> falls flat in this way. So, wow. yeah, cool. I'm putting it out there. I, yeah. Well, this comes from Laura, who was almost murdered by a serial killer in real life in a tent. <laughs> like, why would any of this scare you? Hey, you what? guys are the ones that called him a serial killer. I don't know what his crime was. I just know okay. he was a convict. Yeah, he was, yeah, he, yeah, he was probably a, he was a tax evader. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. But still like, you know, you've had all these crazy experiences in your life of all these things that happened to you while camping all sound horrible compared to this movie. Laura's like, fuck rocks. Like fucking this crazy shit. almost got eaten by a bear. You know what I mean? And I don't (laughs) think, I don't think me and Greg have those experiences. We have a more positive camping experience. You know, I have a whole thing with aliens. That's another story. That's why I'm not going in the woods. But so all these things in this movie do give me like the heebie-jeebies they do scare me like the whole knowing that like you're in a tent or you're like in your campsite and everything is like pitch black around you and you can't see farther than maybe like three feet and then you just hear like noises in the distance of cracking leaves or a stick oh yeah not even to mention like the craziness that they hear later on just like that simpleness of knowing something's there in the darkness and you don't know what it is that to me is enough to freak the shit out of me uh what about you greg where are you aligned with that yeah just first of all to speak on what you just said rob i i do agree that they recreated the, the camping vibe so well you know in the middle of the night you're woken up by the snapping twigs and the cracking rocks, you know, in the dark, off in the distance. And when they ought to be the only ones out there, you know, talking about Yosemite, we've camped at Yosemite. And I remember when you're there, you're in your tent, when we heard breaking twigs outside of your tent, which sounded like maybe 30 feet away, you freaked the F out. It was scary <laughs> as fuck. You thought maybe it's there was a bear. walk into a bathroom. Come on, man. I know. But the, the <laughs> idea is like, it's it's out there and you're in here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. they did a great job of recreating that, you know, going outside of the tent. Anytime you heard that zzz, the zippering sound of the tent, mm-hmm. it was so familiar to me. Um, and then once you're outside, like you said, Rob, you're peering into the darkness of your surrounding. And it's like maybe they did a good job of panning around and you can maybe see a tree or two within the first couple of feet. And then maybe a few dimly lit trees, 10 feet behind those. But then past that, it. it's just that's it, bro. Yeah. It's, it's pitch black. It's it's so creepy. I I happen to disagree with Laura on I, I think they did a really good job of of making it seem creepy to me as a person who thinks about going out into the wilderness and being out in the middle of nowhere. Like, you know, when my, when I was little with my, with my brother and we would like be motorcycling out to these random places in the desert, we happened to come across this random place where it was like, supposedly a serial killer was out there and his, and it was basically like this, uh, this structure made of corrugated aluminum that with like toppled down walls and you would walk through it and there were just there's a bunch of like used lipstick and hangers <laughs> like ha- just on the ground everywhere there's like buffalo bill out there what the and hell? pictures oh of like model like women models and stuff oh. and it was so creepy and it feels like coming across <laughs> this like discovering it out in which a place that should be the middle of no- the nowhere is so creepy so like anytime that they came across like a pile of rocks Right. Or like these weird voodoo stick creatures hanging from the trees. And look, we're not talking about we're not talking about temporary, you know, like permanent things. I'm saying like a structure that, you know, maybe it was built 100 years ago. We're talking about a pile of rocks that should have been obliterated by the elements or like a forest creature or something in the middle of nowhere. So I find that that is very creepy to me because you feel like that there's something out there. The story you just told about what you and your brother found is a million times scarier than rocks. What the fuck? 
fuck? Also, you ride a motorcycle? <laughs> when we were younger, we did. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so did I. We were. I rode motorcycles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you were like kids. I mean, back then yeah. the, the rules didn't Kid really apply. Riding a motorcycle? Like a dirt yeah. bike? Like a dirt bike, probably. No, it oh, was like, an actual motorcycle. Like they didn't. We didn't really have rules like, back then. Like a Harley Davidson? What are you crotch rocket? What were you riding? <laughs> no, just I don't know. I have no idea. When you're eight and there's like a motorcycle around, it's just a motorcycle. <laughs> There's a, more, a motorcycle around. You just explained it. You're eight. <laughs> right. I think Got it's it. called like a big, like a big wheelie. Uh, a big yeah, wheel. like yeah. no, I, I'm serious. It's like it, there were there were actual motorcycles that we'd ride around the desert in an electric scooter. <laughs> look this is my point it's like i I feel like they did a good job of making you feel like these these guys like you know you're talking about getting bored looking at your phone after like the fourth day but for me in my mind i'm picturing okay this is just another day of them getting deeper and deeper into the woods and to me it i loved the progression of that like there was something for example like about mike's raw outbursts that seems mm. so real to me three times. I mean, the first time when they just got lost in the woods, they're just walking around randomly. And he's like, help us, please. Fuck. Like I felt that he, he, he his like guttural yells are, are somehow just, just reverberated in my body. The second time when Josh goes missing, they wake up to like that screaming. Oh, and when he's like, Josh, where are you? And then he yells again. He's almost crying and his voice is crackling. Tell me where you are, Josh. I, I felt that. I felt like someone, like he was he was a person who was desperately trying to save a friend or a family member and he was calling out to them. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, toward the end, I know we're not there yet, but when they, they enter the house and they hear the muffled screaming, he's like, downstairs, I hear him downstairs. Come on. Yeah. I mean, just like this, the, the desperation. I know maybe you weren't really into it, Laura, but for me, like I was able to put myself there and their slow decline in getting more mad and aggressive, getting lost in the woods. I, the way I look at it is anytime I've been camping, we've always had a map. We've always had a trail. We know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. When you're out there in the middle of nowhere and you think you're going to die because you have no idea where you are, you're probably very mad at the people around you. Yeah. yeah. No, every scene you just pointed out, I agree. That acting is really well done because the stakes are very high. Like something really serious is happening. But if we backtrack a little bit, when you're talking about them camping and it's pitch black and they hear crackling and you've camped and you remember that feeling, it's pitch black. I'm sorry, but we all sign up for that when we go camping. We all sign up for it. They signed up for this. You go camping, you know you're going to be camping in pitch darkness with noises of nature and i feel like at least for us maybe not them their characters in a movie when we go camping i don't think we actually get scared when we hear those noises because we know they're coming and we also know like that's probably not a ghost that's probably not a witch that's probably not a serial killer there's a group of there's a daycare in the middle of the forest <laughs> we're not talking about the same thing yeah yeah we're not we're not there to the crazy we're just talking about oh. the sticks right now and this and that like like laura's yeah. just laura's talking about like the first night when they are slightly hearing things i like i said i am already scared when i hear a stick break you know I, in my oh, mind so you're I, not a camper then no, i thought no, no, you no, were no. a camper I'm, i i like i said i went camping when we were very young with my dad so like that was it got i don't it. remember as once i started you know got scared by uh by uh fire in the sky no i'm never going in the woods again you know what i mean 
what I mean? So like, so if I hear a stick break in the woods, I'm automatically like, I'm getting abducted tonight. So, so like, that's nothing even on this movie. That's alien stuff. But it's just, yeah, I just, I'm so scared of like the unknown. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast of like the unknown is always scarier than the known. Mm -hmm. So to me, just knowing something's there and you can assume all you want. It's a deer. It's a fucking cute little bunny, but like the, (laughs) the unknown is fucking terrifying of like, what actually is it? And this isn't like you said, Laura, like I've been camping, I guess more as an adult, actually, we actually, me and my wife, we did a trip for our honeymoon and stuff like that. We actually camped in like a campsite and there was like RVs next to you and bathrooms and, you know, it's still camping, but you're like on a lot. And so like, I'm not scared in that setting because I know there's noise and I know there's people like this of like, you're in the middle of nowhere and there's like nothing around you and you hear stuff that to me is bone chilling because I feel like you shouldn't be hearing really anything. But you also wouldn't make that decision to go do that. Oh, they did. hell no. They had hell to no. have known that they were going to hear some shit. The only I mean, way I would do good. it, the only way I would do it is if we agreed to do it for the podcast and we record <laughs> it. That's the only way I would ever do it. I feel like if we camped in someone's backyard, something would happen and we'd <laughs> all true. freak the fuck out. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. You're so right. You're so right. Uh, all right, so let's get into more of the craziness of the nighttime scenes. Let's stop talking about the daytime. All they do is yell at each other. We know they're lost for fucking this movie. It doesn't matter. You know, let's get into like the actual crazy, like Greg talked about, uh, you know, the when they start hearing like voices, I think in the, in the distance, like you said, you have the scene where it, to me, it sounded like children laughing. And I think that's when the, the tent was shaking. Um, all the stuff that's kind of happened before Josh disappears, which is a whole nother thing to me. So was that, stuff lore was that effective on you more when it gets a little bit crazier a little bit creepier what do you think laura i think that it is creepy the problem is is that i don't remember these specific scenes on my first watch Hmm. i just remember the end well of course yeah Mm -hmm. and so i wasn't scared this time around because i it quickly came back to me the ending and i was Hmm. like oh well nothing's gonna happen in this scene then oh you did it like that that's not fair laura come on that's a cop out what that's that, like a that, cop out. That's like how saying, is that a good, that's just what happened. I know, I, movie before. I know, but that means like you're not really like in the moment. You're not in the scene, like trying to think like what it would feel to like actually be like in that moment of like you're in the dark. You know nobody's out there, and you hear fucking children laughing. Like what the fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> Laura's over there playing. I was literally <laughs> playing solitaire. On my phone. Yeah, I was gonna say solitaire, Laura. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. Like Josh is sheer denial can't believe that he hears killed kids he's like did you hear that baby screaming shut the fuck up man there's no fucking baby out there man there's no fucking baby out there like that's how i feel like a lot of people would be because it's like you can't imagine you're so terrified you can't imagine there's there's just giggling children outside of your tent yeah i have a hard time with this movie because (laughs) in essence it's very scary and I wish that I was watching this for the first time because I think I would be scared. Hmm. Problem is that I saw it so long ago. I forgot all about this movie. And then as I'm watching it, it all comes flooding back and I'm kind of bored, like waiting for it to, Yeah, I don't know. I just like the setup was so good and then I'm in it and Hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is crazy, but this is also clearly the nineties and it's 2021. Yeah, giggle, g- giggling spirits don't just do it for Laura anymore. No, it's not enough anymore. <laughs> Laura, if you were in Heather's position, do you think that you would take this whole thing the way that she did? Or do no. you think you would do better? No. Well, here's the thing. I I think that 
the problem with her character is, is that 99% of people would not film this. If you knew you were in some shit, you would stop filming and you'd be like survival mode, getting home, getting out of the woods. And so I think that's a issue I had with her character and maybe other people have with her character. But I also read that in her improv, she understood I need to be someone that would continue filming. So I need to be that like, like extra, as I said earlier, she needs to be that extra to be like, I'm going to keep filming. I don't fucking care. Like maybe this will be the last footage anyone sees of me. And I totally respect that. And I think she nailed it as far as that acting goes, Mm -hmm. but I can't put myself in her shoes because I would have fucking dropped the camera ages ago and just gotten the hell out of there. Let me respond to this. Hold on. Okay. Rob, earlier on, you were talking about you would, you would hire HUD to be your number two man for this. Okay. Mm -hmm. This got me thinking with respect to what you just said, Laura. So in Cloverfield, for example, it was the understanding that the guy holding the camera felt important and he felt useful to do that. And then he felt like what was happening around him was so unprecedented that people need to see this. So it was his duty. Okay. I feel like with Heather here, it's, it's a lot different, but they still very explicitly say why she continues to film. I mean, for her, it seemed like by continuing to film, despite what was going on, it was her way to disconnect from the reality of the situation. There's that, that moment, of course, you guys remember where, Ra- where Josh picks up the camera, he starts to film her while she's panicking about them being lost. And he's like, oh, this is why you like cameras so much. It's not quite reality. It's like a filtered mm-hmm. reality, man. You can just pretend that everything's not quite the way it is. So I feel like demonstrating that to me was good enough to explain her motive. And it to me personally, it set the tone and it quieted my internal dialogue. Anytime I started asking, why the hell are you still filming this? I kind of reverted to that scene. I felt like this is what she needs. Like you didn't feel that watching, you know, watching her and doing what she was doing. No, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. I mean, I just put myself in her shoes and I'm yeah. like, I wouldn't do this, but I also wouldn't be out there making a documentary about yeah, this in the first place. Yeah, so it's yeah. really mm-hmm. hard to do that. You know, wow, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. I can't believe it, Laura. I can't believe none of this is working on you yet. Uh, so, okay, let's get to, to me, you know, the most bone chilling thing in this movie to me, I I'm scared by a twig. So we'll just get that <laughs> up front. But uh, to me, the thing that in this movie that really, where I like paused the movie because I was like, fuck this shit. Like, I don't want to even think about this right now is when Josh goes missing. So at one point in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they kind of have like a thing in this movie where like we joked about in the beginning, Josh kicked over one of the seven rocks, which we assume or some type of like either Indian burial site or something like that of seven people that were murdered. So it seems like whatever's happening is kind of focused on Josh, you know, at one, one of the nights they wake up and Josh's stuff is all torn apart and there's slime on it or something like that. So, so they go to sleep later on and then they wake up and Josh is gone. They don't know where he is. He's gone. They spend another, you know, 20 minute day scene screaming, Josh, where are you? Another screaming scene, whatever. But it gets to nighttime again. He's still not back. And then you have to me, the most bone chilling thing is you hear Josh like screaming for help in the darkness of the night, which I'm already scared of the dark, but then to hear him yelling for help and, you know, they're like, Josh, where are you? Where are you? And then it's dead quiet. And you hear him screaming from somewhere like help me or whatever. To me, that is the most bone chilling thing in this movie. The ending aside, I think the ending is pretty, pretty fucked up and crazy. But to me, this scene when Josh is screaming, it's the thing that gets me the most in this movie. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Laura, uh-huh. uh what do you yeah, think? I'm like, mm, oh, like okay. yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, like, you that's do. So crazy. Is that the one? Is that one thing in this movie that actually did get you? You felt like that? You put down your phone finally? Um, I I think it's all effective. Like I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to be. I'm trying to like step away from my bias because I understand that I have one right now. Mm -hmm. And these things are scary and they are effective. And I applaud that. Mm -hmm. Did it get me in my watch? No. Really? It didn't. Wow. I'm sorry it did. So you're just like, you're just like checking out. You're waiting for the end to happen. You're waiting for Oscar to, to solve Oscar, the you're, you're waiting for Oscar Isaac to pop in your tent. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. Give it a five out of five. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Greg, what, how did you feel about that scene that 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 scared the shit out of me? It was so creepy. First of all, yes, because there's no trace of him. How did he get out of the tent and just suddenly disappear without, you know, the one thing that we can all agree on is when we're in that situation, sticking together is the number one priority. That's your priority is to, to stay together. The moment that you split up and that's when everybody starts dying. So you need to yeah. get together. And so with for him to just mysteriously disappear when they wake up without an explanation is is so terrifying and then beyond you know just the the noises that they hear in the night to me you know taking it one step is the feeling like they were being lured this is the thing is when, when mike and heather they woke up in the tent in the middle of the night to this echoey horrific painful sounding wailing like you said it's something like he's screaming but it's a it's not very clear what he mm -hmm. what he's screaming or what he's saying it's almost like a muffled screaming way off in the distance is he's screaming in some kind of agony right but then do you, did you guys remember what mike said he goes is it a trick are they yeah. tricking us? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's really him. Yeah. That was so creepy. It kind of reminded me of T-1000 and Terminator 2 impersonating John Connor's voice, mm. where it's like this feeling oh like you're being lured, like they're trying to lure them out of the tent into the forest. Mm -hmm. That was so creepy to me. There's a lot of movies that employ this technique, especially horror movies, and it's always really creepy. Th this scene it was definitely the biggest turn of events in the movie. Yeah, I can't believe it, Laura. It just doesn't get you. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Look at, look at. If we if, were when, when we go camping, Laura. I'm just gonna go off in the well, night when you're camping, no. and I'm gonna be like, Laura, help me. And That's Laura's gonna thing. be like, fuck this I, guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm no. I actually think I will be the most scared person because mm. as Greg was talking, I'm looking at his Zoom background oh. of the snowy dark <laughs> hedge maze of yeah. The Shining, and I'm thinking if we were having this discussion actually outdoors right now mm. in the dark. I would be shitting bricks. I'd be like, fuck this shit. Where like, rocks. Uh, oh my, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pile of rocks, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm just, yeah, it's, hmm. I'm recognizing that I'm having a bias problem. Yeah, you right can't. Now. Hmm. You just can't like get into like that setting, that time frame. you can't. Yeah, it's hmm. just, I've seen too many other found footage films since this. I don't really remember it that well, so it didn't stick with me. And then, like the ending came flooding back and as cool as I thought it was, it also like we've seen more at this point. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I wish that there was more. I mean, you know, we, we always talk about like, yeah, the less you see is scary to a point, but if you see nothing, yeah, I mean, that's mm. just like, yeah, we need more and more and more. We're getting more desensitized. Yeah. You know? well, well, speaking of that, it's something I want to bring up because I read this and I wanted to actually talk about it. There's one scene in this movie where I can't remember if they're all still together or not or if the Josh is gone, but they actually run out of the tent and they're running in the dark and you hear Heather yell out like, what was that? What was that? Like she saw something finally. 
And I read this because, it, so it says, according to the filmmaker's commentary, I think it was on like a documentary they, they made about the movie, the unseen figure that 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 Heather yells about when she's running away from the tent is the the film's art director, Richard Marino, who was wearing white long johns, white stockings, a white, <laughs> white pantyhose pulled over his head. Ugh. Oh, my God. It was initially intended for the figure to be revealed on camera as the Blair Witch herself. What? But the cameraman who was filming forgot to pan to the left to show it. And then they didn't recreate it again. So they just left it. So it was in that scene when she's running and she sees something. She did see something. It was the art director dressed in all white like a creepy ghost. We just didn't and, see it. And the cameraman was supposed to pan over, but he didn't. And then they didn't recreate it to get the shot. So you're, you know what I mean? And like, I re like reading that now, I really wish they would have been like, can we do a take two, please? Because. Like you said, Laura, you really don't see anything in this movie. Even see at the nothing. end, you still don't see anything. And I feel like that one shot really, I think, would have been needed. I still think this movie is creepy. I still think the unknown gets me. But I feel like you, Laura, if you would have had at least one scene where you fucking kind of see yes! something, it yes. would have yes. been a big difference. So I just think it's so messed up and fucked up that they didn't read. Like you had it in the script. You had the shot. Like just do it one more time because <laughs> i think it really would have made a difference for people like you laura that just don't think there's enough in this you know what i mean it's called the blair witch but you don't actually get to see the or any witch of any kind really yeah exactly yeah. so and then to learn that this myth is bogus and it doesn't even exist like at least give me something yeah yeah i just read that and i was like oh it kind of like bummed me out a bit to be like oh come on you guys why didn't you do it you know uh that's crazy yeah. but uh one more thing i want to talk about before we get to the ending is the scene where heather finds something in a pile of sticks right. oh yeah can you guys tell me what body part that I, was i can okay because i was gonna ask you guys i couldn't tell either Look, greg okay to me this is this is what i saw she opened up it was a bundle of sticks wrapped in clearly what was torn pieces of john's 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 josh's flannels if you by the way if you, <laughs> yeah. if you name josh and you wear a flannel <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's name is Johnals. I've never heard that name before. <laughs> I don't know if I ever never if I have another child, I got the name now, Johnals. Uh, I've had too much of this drink, Laura. Okay, so it's straight alcohol. <laughs> I am so buzzed right now. Oh, so she unwraps this bundle of sticks and she opens up this uh, this Johnal, right? And <laughs> to me, this is what I saw. I saw a severed tongue, and then I saw some, oh. and I saw some teeth. What the fuck? That's not what well. You I saw thought. the teeth. You know she un uh, she uh, pushed up, opened the flap toward the end, and there was just a bunch of teeth there. So and really? I I've, I feel like I've all since I saw this movie in the theater, I've always seen that. Yeah, see, I couldn't tell in the moment watching this again right now, you know, like whatever last night or the night before of like what actually was in there. I just assumed from from a storytelling perspective, like Josh is screaming in the distance. I would assume it would be his tongue kind of like tying in him yelling, you know, it's from his mouth. But I, I, I didn't I wasn't 100 percent like, oh, that's a tongue. I just assumed that. But I, I didn't see the teeth. I did read later on that, that they did say something that like fake teeth were used. And I'm like, oh, it must have been in that scene. But I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. I have the 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 luck of YouTube on my phone so I rewound it a couple of times and mm. clearly the first time you see it you have the triangular pinkish bloody organ it's a tongue and then when she unfolds the flap it's a bunch of small little ivory colored pieces so mm. you just have to imagine it's the it's the teeth Damn. I don't know for sure though it's really gross yeah I wonder what 
prop they used because to me it didn't look like a like you didn't see it and you were like oh that's a tongue it looked you know what i mean like i wonder what they used to make it because to me it wasn't very definitive but isn't that a good thing i i I was thinking about this and i thought if it looked too much like a tongue or they zoomed in and it would have looked really overproduced and faked that would have taken me out of it i kind of like the fact that i couldn't tell very definitively what it was but you just got a shape. You know? I'm the opposite. I would have just um, rather it been like 10 feet long, like Gene Simmons tongue. And I'm like, okay, clearly it's a tongue. All right. I get it. You know, cause this is, this is almost like in Halloween three season of the witch when they're playing with that little doohickey and she's like, Oh, I know it's a robot. And I'm like, why, why do you know this is a robot tool? Like, it's just like a little mechanism. I have no idea. So it's like that. Like, I wish there was more hmm. of something displaying what they're exactly telling me. Why are you shaking your head? Lower? <laughs> I don't know. This is just getting real crazy. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're trying to do something laura because you don't even know what's happening in this movie you're out of it already you're playing scrabble you're playing scrabble this oh, yeah, is yeah. not like the thing oh, okay, i okay. i am aware of what is happening right now you just don't care okay all right it's <laughs> not true i'm okay, still okay. passionate all right so I, I think i think we can get to the ending now then because really beyond that you're to the end of this movie um so who wants to set up the ending in this movie i don't know if laura should do it because she cares about this part actually or if greg should do it uh, what do you think laura i think greg should do it because he's he's really passionate <laughs> he's really passionate movie. wow i'm passionate though. okay yeah, you got you got the silver tongue greg go for it <laughs> break it down very quickly what is tongue isn't that a, isn't that a saying the silver tongue isn't that like a like a gift of gab the silver tongue that's news to me all right listeners <laughs> email us let us know what the silver tongue means I think we're all drunk right now i think we're all drunk in the we're all drunk in the fucking woods we're in a mates <laughs> see i'd actually be crying i would actually have a snot coming out of my nose <laughs> okay so on the last night heather and mike again they hear the wailing sounds of josh off in the distance they go out in the night looking for him since they can hear what sounds like him crying out they stumble across oh my god a house in the middle of nowhere it's clearly the house of you know if you recall back to the beginning when they were interviewing the townsfolk they were talking about that serial killer something par and killing those kids as you go through this house and you see the footage it's clearly his house so it's a random house structure in the middle of the woods two stories broken windows there's wood everywhere it's totally dilapidated busted up drywall exposed brickwork i mean you got this occult looking symbols written on the walls mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean anything i saw the ha- i saw the hand prints i saw that oh that was really weird well to me that just tied in the whole like hearing the children laughing in that one scene you know yeah and it just again it's just stuff that's very it's not explicit what it means but just gets you thinking you know while they're frantically looking through this house looking for josh because they heard his his screaming coming from this direction it just gets you thinking so Mike hears, like I said earlier, he hears Josh's voice in the basement. He charges down there. And then from his POV, it seems like he gets knocked out. His camera falls to the ground when he thinks he sees Josh. And then it switches to Heather's POV from because she has the second camera. And then she goes down to the basement and you see, you know, she's having a hard time keeping up with Mike. So she's always, she's continuing screaming, Mike, Mike, get back here. She finally catches up to him in the basement. And then you see Mike standing in the corner. And it's creepy because she's screaming at him and he just doesn't move. This is similar to like when we review Unfriended, when you have someone who's so animated throughout the entire movie and vocal, and then just in an instant, they're inexplicably unresponsive and they don't make a sound. They don't make a movement. This was the, Mike's moment for this. He's just standing in the corner, not doing like looking away in the corner, not doing anything. And then boom, she gets knocked out too. You hear kind of a thud, her camera falls to the ground. 
and the credits start rolling. And really, the ending is really just it's up to the interpretation of, of the viewer what happens and what it means. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you think of the ending, Greg? Did you like it? Not like yeah, it? I, you know, I remember watching it in the theater. Literally, everybody was confused. Everybody walked out like, what happened? I mean, my understanding <laughs> is that the Blair Witch or some type of Blair Witch spirit that's associated with her you know she possessed these three right or you know because they were trespassing on her grounds and especially you know with josh kicking over the pile of rocks they were trespassing she had them killed for that and them getting into her territory getting into her house it's just it's the spirit of the blair witch that got them lost in the woods and got them turning against each other um so my thinking is that yeah the blair witch the, the spirit of the blair witch came in and killed them somehow i mean you don't really see anybody which yeah. is unfortunate you want to see something yeah you don't you could have mm-hmm. youtube on your iphone like i do <laughs> you don't see anything but it's just it's up to your imagination um hmm. yeah so it's you know it makes you wonder like what happened but it it doesn't matter these three don't make it out alive okay what, what about you laura this is the only thing you've been waiting for for an hour and a half yeah um, <laughs> you put down your phone. You, you. I don't know if you won your Scrabble game or not, but you know uh, what, what? Scrabble? Do you... No, oh. solitaire. Oh, sorry. Oh, excuse me, solitary. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even be playing with someone. Okay, you're playing playing by yourself. Okay. All right. Even better. All right. What do you think, Laura? Listen. Uh, do I wish I saw something? Yes. Do I think that you know paranormal came out a few? No, I don't know how many years later. And they do show you something at the very yeah. end. Mm-hmm. That they I you know, they mm-hmm. obviously took the uh, the found footage ideas of this movie, amplified it, they gave you what it was lacking. So I prefer that movie because of that. However, what Greg didn't tell you is that mm-hmm. there was a story from the inner one of the interview people that talked about what the Blair Witch would do is is would make one kid look at the wall while she killed the other kid Mm. and then would of course kill the kid that was staring at the wall Mm -hmm. so knowing that story i did think it was pretty badass that there was the shot of him staring at the wall because like greg said this guy he wouldn't do that that's not who he is and all of a sudden he's clearly possessed he's just staring at the wall she clearly took hold of him and Mm. said you gotta look at the wall like why kill her Mm mm-hmm and so I almost feel like it's not ambiguous at all. It's a very implied, like, she's dead, he's dead. They're dead. They're all dead, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I thought the ending was pretty cool. Uh, I wish I saw more. I wish that there wasn't some of these lulls in the middle. I think that I'm spoiled. What I've seen <laughs> since then has been better. And this movie didn't have as a lasting effect on me. So I can't really appreciate it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. The ending was cool. Yeah. I will give you that. Yeah. Because yeah, t- to me, the whole thing with this movie is I-, I remember the story that you're talking about, Laura. I thought that was the story. They said this, the serial killer guy did that. Yeah. But he was possessed by the Blair Witch, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. so that's, is that confirmed? Why do you know that? Is it, is that in a sequel or something? Yeah. Or? Because he said the serial killer said, I just did what she made me do. Oh, really? Oh, it's okay. like the work is done or something like that. It's what which she is like, yeah. like he was being, like he had a voice in his head or something, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I took it. Okay. See, I, I don't remember that part of it. I remember it being like two separate stories. It was like the Blair Witch and there's this serial killer guy that did these mm. things, you know? Um, that's why I always took the ending as more ambiguous of like, is it the Blair Witch or is it just like a serial killer? You know mm. what I mean? That mm. that plays these tricks with people. I, I That's why I took it, but I, I didn't know that... Um, Serial killer is likely a human, probably gone by now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. live forever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I said, I, I like the ending. Like I said, it's set up in the beginning of this movie. The thing was standing in the corner. So then when it has the payoff at the very end, right when you see him in the corner, you're like, oh, shit, that's fucking cool. So it's a good payoff. It's a good it's a good storytelling arc to finally have that payoff at the end of this movie. Like you said, I, I wish you did see something at the end. I even remember when her camera falls, it's kind of like falls to the side and it's looking into like a dark area in the back with like a door frame and i i haven't seen this movie in so long that i was like waiting to be like oh my god is something gonna pop out like you said laura with paranormal and i was even gonna i was even because like you know i wasn't watching this on my phone like greg so i didn't pause it or zoom in because i I put it in my notes i was gonna ask you guys like did you see something because i didn't see anything i didn't so no there's nothing it's crazy you know i mean like we talked about like the unknown is creepy to me but in a movie, I feel like you got to at least give us something. You know what I mean? A tiny little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. Just have like a little baby pop out in a diaper. Like that would have been creepy enough. You know what I mean? Like, because it, it could be it could, baby. It, it literally could be just like a, a, a random townsfolk person just screwing with them. Right. Couldn't it? Technically, if you like yeah. if you laid all the evidence on the table, mm-hmm. enough supernatural, you know, or lack thereof stuff was happening that it maybe it wasn't blur witch at all but since we they didn't show it it's really not definitive yeah it could have just been a copycat killer you know let's get you know something yeah. let's 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 see if uh, grov is uh, is available right now he can like dig, <laughs> dig deep in this tell if it's paranormal or not a real or or if it's all in uh it's all in heather's mind you know um but <laughs> But uh, I'm glad you at least liked the ending, Laura. At least an yeah, hour did. and a half, you finally got something that was kind of creepy, you know. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, let's let's get into Rotten Tomatoes now because we've been talking about it a bit, and I think it's going to be more what Laura is talking about and her negative uh, view of this movie because to me, it is that uh, experience. So Rotten Tomatoes for this movie, you have a critic score of 86, wow. percent which is wow. very high, of course. Nice. Uh, to me. That's kind of where I'm at with this, I believe. I really enjoy this movie and it creeped me out. But then you have an audience score of 56%, which I I literally put in the notes like, what the fuck? Like, like, oh my God, like, I can't believe it's that low, but I didn't Hello. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> I I didn't think Laura was gonna be one of these people. So like I didn't have any reference. But now after talking to Laura for this freaking episode, I'm like, all right, well, it's real. You know, I pulled a couple reviews just because I wanted to spot out what people are saying, not knowing Laura was going to be one of them but uh you know <laughs> it's not a negative floor it's not a negative uh, no, so, so 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 one person left a one star review out of 10 i believe Ouch. um oh and God. this person says this has to be the most overrated horror movie i have ever seen the characters are annoying the whole movie is just them walking around the forest fighting with each other through the majority of the movie last but not least the movie is not scary and then it says like spoilers and quotes there's this is not a there's not a witch in this movie so I guess pretty much saying that you just you don't ever see anything. The hype is real. People still talk about the Blair Witch in 2021. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is I totally agree with this review. Like the hype is so real, but then the payoff isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is another review I have there, which I think kind of goes more on that. Somebody left a half a star rating of this movie. <laughs> Oh my God. And and they said, this is the dumbest movie. I understand it might have been scary in 1999, but the next person in 2021 who tells me it's scary is going to be the dumbest person I know. So, <laughs> so wow. me and Greg, we're morons, I guess, apparently. <laughs> Laura's a genius, but uh, <laughs> Laura, Laura, did you write this? Did you write that review, Laura? <laughs> I did it. I did it. Let me just say, in 99, we didn't have cell phones. 
you can't just go out with your GPS. Like when you're lost, that paper map that they lost literally was your lifeline to safety. Without that, you didn't have any of this stuff. I don't know. Like maybe that's a really interesting point. Like maybe this does break down into people who remember it the way it was at the time and people who are watching it now, but I don't know, yeah. maybe yeah. Laura, you're kind of crossing that boundary a little bit. Like, cause, because you I know. did see it back then and you're saying it doesn't hold up. Hmm. Yeah. And so watching it again, I'm like, Oh shoot, this does not hold up. Yeah. Cause I was ready to be like, what is wrong with these people? I thought we were all going to be in agreement. I thought Laura was going to be with me and Greg creeped out and this and that. And we were all just going to yell at these people, but yeah, Laura talking about it and giving me more of like a personal, you know, review of this movie from somebody for all these other, you know, whatever it is, 64% of the people that don't like this movie. And you have these other, you know, 20 years of you know better filmmaking better scares better this from paranormal cloverfield all even mama like all these movies that have done this better and then now you try to go back and watch this the first to do it you're like it just doesn't hold up because everything's been better now so you know it's, it's hard to argue against that what do you what do you think greg i see your eyes moving around like you're thinking <laughs> i don't know i just you know to me really what carries it and, and it's it has not changed since I first saw it was, was the acting. I, I, I thought mm. their dynamic with each other and the way that they slowly broke down, like that cohe that group cohesion broke down over time, really is like I was putting myself there in, in their shoes, you know, when you have a compass around your neck, it doesn't tell you where you're going, you know, you you finally circle back to the same spot after a few days. It's super creepy. I I thought it was really believable. And watching it yesterday, I still thought that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I really like how, especially how they all seem to change being the rational one versus panicking, especially this oh, is a big yeah. thing for me. Like they're all revolving around this carousel of acting sane, then totally losing the shit all throughout the movie, which to me, that fluctuation seems super realistic. Like humans are that way. We're, we're that way. We ping pong. Sometimes we lose it, but then we pull it together so that we can survive. And the way that they captured it on the film from little, you know snippets here and there it just seemed realistic and that has not changed for me since i first saw it so i don't know like um i latched onto that and i i, I don't agree with a lot of those um negative reviews but it doesn't surprise me you know we, we i've seen how many times have we seen a movie that we thought was really great and then people just completely crapped on it because you know they just didn't see it the same way so yeah. i understand yeah like we said you know it's uh horror subjective this movie's completely subjective based oh, yeah. on your age yeah. your time frame when you saw it like if you're like me and you're scared of the woods because of aliens like you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's everything is subjective so yeah yeah like i said i can't really argue against people you know i was prepared to but i can't really do it because laura is here and she really changed my mind into that perspective <laughs> i didn't think about it you know this is just the beauty of horror you guys yeah. this is why yeah. we do the damn thing you know exactly exactly yeah so let's do our ratings. Let's do one to five. I want to do something slightly different a little bit. So I want to do one to five rating. I want to do a rock pile. So how many rocks are you putting on your pile? One to five. Oh my God. How know? many rocks in your pile? Yeah. One to five. How okay. many rocks are in your pile for this movie? So that's your rating. You can get into positives and negatives, of course, but uh, let's, let's, let's leave Laura, I think, till the end. Greg, you can go first. One to five. How many rocks are in your pile? <laughs> I don't know, man. When you look at the actual rock piles in this movie, they have like 20 rocks. I mean, yeah, you yeah. have to have a, a <laughs> lot to create a, a you know, pyramidic structure for a, for a rock tower, but I'm not going to get into that. I just <laughs> I want to say that I, I think it's an amazing independent movie for, for what they did. This reminds me of Paranormal Activity. Look, at, at a bare minimum, it was 
I have to. I felt like it was a groundbreaking type of film. I mean, yeah. chronologically speaking, it was essentially the first found footage movie. I, there yeah. may be some that have come before it, but nobody really knows about it all that much. But but between this and then Paranormal Activity, you know, there wasn't much that was happening in the found footage realm. So I mean, it was pretty. Not only was it groundbreaking, but it it, it set the tone, and it, and I personally think. It, it holds up. So I'm going to create a stack of four rocks for my tower. So this is a solid four for me. Do you just put the rocks right on top of each uh, other? Yeah, because little... if I do four as like a base, it's not really a tower. It's just like one, one level of rocks. It's not really a tower at all. So yeah, just one on top of the other. Okay. All right. Perfect. Now don't knock it over. Don't knock over that tower. Oh yeah. no, I didn't, no, I wouldn't dare. Yeah. Uh, okay. So for, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think right there with you, Greg, I mean, I already talked about just hearing a stick. I'm scared of this movie. So like, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? If, if just that alone gets me and that's in the first 15 minutes of the first dark scene, then when you get into the actual, like kind of crazy stuff in this movie, I'm super scared. You know, I do wish, like we talked about, I do wish they showed something at one point in this movie. And I like, guess I reading, yeah more about that they actually had a scene where they were supposed to kind of makes me more pissed off i do also think for what an hour and a half movie right an hour and a half movie this movie could have been like host it could have been 59 minutes right under an hour yeah and maybe been a better movie you know maybe cut out a little bit of some of the day scenes here and there you know and maybe that would have been more of a positive um so i'm like greg i'm still giving it a four i'm with greg a four i think i think if it would have done those if it would have shown something i probably would be a five you know, I probably because this movie really gets me. It really does. I know Laura's shaking her head right now. She can't. Rob, I just feel like you. <laughs> I've literally shown you The Exorcist. <laughs> I've fucking showed you mm-hmm. uh, Sinister. Yeah. Uh, Babadook, and you were literally not afraid of any of that. No. Mm-mm. But like this gets fucking me. Mm-hmm. Richard Gear and some rocks and you're fucking. <laughs> I just like oh my god! I hey, there was no CGI. There was no CGI in this. I, yeah. yeah. You know, this is like, you know, it's all subjective lore. And this is like a, a thing where like I put myself in this movie and like if I'm in the dark woods and like I hear something like I am super scared of that. I'm going to film a movie of just me doing something and okay. it's going to be nothing and you're probably going to be afraid of it. OK, yeah. maybe. <laughs> I'm going to step on some sticks, some phone calls, pretend I see a moth, uh, form a rock pile, get lost a lot snot okay boom rob is horrified this is like please do it this is like laura when when we reviewed tusk you're like how could they make an old man standing scary like for this is like rob's version of that like they made a pile of rocks scary you have to i admire that because i think a pile of rocks and you know a a nest of sticks in the middle of the forest is kind of creepy so i I give him props for that yeah i'm just mad at rob like why can't rob be scared i don't i am he started off this podcast saying i am a scaredy cat and you are not i am i just admitted this movie scares the shit out of me this got me this is scary this is a weird like one off all right yeah well i have four rocks i'm throwing them at laura right now because she's just <laughs> yelling at me so that's what my pile is gone so i'm throwing them at her <laughs> just to dodge my rocks right now <laughs> throwing them at her tent get, get out of there oscar isaac yeah <laughs> <laughs> you accidentally being her dad in the head. laura doesn't deserve you <laughs> oh man <laughs> she's shaking her head right now 
too much just came my way right <laughs> yeah, now. That I was know, not yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Laura, we're over to you now. You know, me and Greg are at fours. Uh, where are you at? What's your rock pile? Do you even have a rock pile? I don't even know what yeah. Laura has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Okay, I, I do appreciate so much about this movie. You know, I think they were effective. I think there were creepy parts. I love that this was the first found footage because it opened the door to some of my favorite movies. So saying that, but the fact that I just don't feel like it held up and I'm bored watching it, I just have to cut it right down the middle, which is a two and a half. Okay, that's that's not bad. I mean, that that's like we talked about, 53% of the people, whatever, to 60. I'm right there. 60, yeah, yeah, you're right there, actually. So, And I, like I said, I'm not going to argue with you of why your reasoning is. Like, I get it. Hearing from those people, hearing from you, like, I get it. You know, you've seen too many things. I mean, you've literally seen things in your life that probably are yeah. scarier than this. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I can't argue with that at all. But, you know, I get it you know i'm not gonna uh, you're more upset at, at me for li- for being scared than i am of you not being scared so that's kind of crazy so you can understand it's like when greg back in the day used to give the most outrageous ratings to things and you're just like <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> It's funny how we can refer to like back in the day as like it's only it's not that long ago. <laughs> Five months ago. It was only a couple months ago. <laughs> We've been doing this for like 20 years, guys. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so it feels very long. It feels like I've been doing this for years with you guys, you know. Everyone's rubbing their heads right now. I just yeah. can't drink whiskey anymore. Oh, that's okay. All right. well, I'm gonna not pick a whiskey drink for a while. Now. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> that's funny. All right, well, there you go. You got our ratings. Uh, I'm really interested, people listening, you know, uh, email us in where you're at with this. Are you in the Laura's, you know, camp of not really thinking this holds up? Are you with me and Craig and just you're, we're not going in the woods anymore, guys? So uh email us in <laughs> conjecturing pod at gmail twitter instagram at conjecturing pod hit us up on our website leave me a creepy voicemail with some sticks uh podpage.com slash conjecturing pod I'm, I'm gonna have laura just listen to all the uh, voicemails now because i'm too afraid i think to listen to him uh so hey i was the one who said don't leave us a voice yeah, i know that's true that's true yeah yes yeah, so, <laughs> so, so that's it for the review uh next week we're reviewing 2013's coherence this is laura's movie pick laura do you think i'm gonna be scared next week is there sticks in it or the rocks this movie is actually this is more of our horror-ish category i wouldn't Mm. say this is true horror it's more like psychological thriller okay yeah but i i honestly i really like it uh the one time i saw it and i i hope you guys do too okay nice cool cool i like it i like it yeah our schedule is posted on our website and you know twitter instagram it's all up there showing what we're going to be doing uh, next week and then of course for the rest of the month um also please remember we have conjecture choice still coming up what are you laughing at greg that's so funny you're still thinking about rocks and sticks <laughs> i was thinking about something you said about a minute ago so i'm sorry <laughs> it's coming back it's coming back at you <laughs> Uh, so maybe we have conjecture choice uh coming up so keep sending keep sending us in those picks keep them bringing um <laughs> you, know, you can email us in you leave us a voicemail whatever you want to do keep sending them in there uh we got a couple lined up that are really fun and exciting uh we might be having a spouse on maybe uh coming up here in a bit that might be pretty cool uh also like we said you can you can contact us conjecturing pod at gmail twitter instagram at conjecturing pod uh, podpage.com slash conjecturing pod there's so many fucking sites now it's fucking crazy um <laughs> lastly remember subscribe rate, review our podcast wherever you're listening to it on and like i'm wearing my shirt our merch store please check that out tpublic.com mm-hmm slash user slash conjecturing pod like i said all this stuff will be in the notes of the episodes now we're actually also doing we didn't even say this 
we're actually putting in timestamps now uh, of the actual episodes. So Greg oh, yeah. has kind of been taking a hold of this for us, documenting what things are going on and when. So if anybody doesn't want to hear our shenanigans, well, good luck trying to not listen to them. But, you know, you can jump right into the review if you want at a certain timestamp or you can just listen to certain things. So I think that's really cool that we're doing that now for listeners uh, that just want to hear certain things. Uh, I think that'll help them out a bit. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, lastly, remember to check out the Slash and Cast podcast network, slashandcast.network. So that's it from the Shining Hedge Maze tonight. Uh, next week, we're going to be back in the gold room. Thank God it's fucking cold out here. Um, oh this has been The Conjecturing. I've been Rob. And Laura. And Greg. Yeah, until next time, remember Horace Objective, so conjecture away. See ya. Bye. Bye, guys. See you next week. Uh-oh. Wait, I hear something again. That's fucked. Tents are rocking, don't come a knocking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>